talking now about um, the believers' battle, which um, encompasses a lot of areas, and all this stems out from the warning from Paul in Ephesians chapter six, where he says that we should um, put on the full the whole armor of God, so that we will be able to take a stand against the devil's schemes. He said, because our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And uh, there are many facets to the battle, uh, the, the devil's schemes. So every believer, um, every believer, I wouldn't say Christian, because like I always say, Christian, the word Christian is like an umbrella word now. Many people call themselves Christians who have no idea who Jesus Christ is. Many people say they're Christians who think it's something they inherit because their their father or their grandmother was uh, Church of England or some ancestor was Catholic or something. They think it's automatic. So even though they do not know God or honor God with their lives, when they are, when they die, their carcasses are taken into some church, you know, one of those churches, and they and they bury them. They you know they perform a service for one who never knew the Lord. Total waste of time, and then of course, church or uh, people say they're Christians, and so even though they do not go there, I'm not. I, I don't go to church or anything like that, but I'm a Christian, you know, because you know I was baptized when I was a baby. That's also a waste of time. You cannot baptize a baby; it makes no sense. Baptism is what we do when we come and receive the message of the gospel, and we accept and admit that we are sinners who need the forgiving grace of God. And we come and we openly confess Christ. That's our open confession, baptism. So you cannot baptize a baby. It's a stupid thing. I did it from my firstborn, you know, because I didn't know. 22, 23 years ago, I did it from my firstborn because I thought that was the old idea. I used to go to Church of England at the time. And um, I thought, you know, that was the right thing to do. The poor kid was one. And I went and they poured water on his head on the front and the stupidness. But I thank God now that um, I know a lot better. And uh, church, you know, people look at it as a nice place to add to a bit of tradition. They want to get married. They're not churchgoers, they say. They're not, uh, they're Christians though. So they, they think church adds a nice effect to their wedding. So they pick a church and they go in and the vicar mindlessly just marries them. No concerns for the, the for the ordinances of God concerning marriage. I mean, look at the royal weddings we have also. Are they ever admonished at the wedding ceremony about what marriage is supposed to be according to God? Are they ever? Is there ever any preaching going on? You know, but what what the Bible says about the husband's responsibility to the wife and the wife's responsibility to the husband? No, people just see church as a nice touch to everything. All that is a waste of time. All those people indulge in such nonsense are all hell-bound, lost souls. So I prefer to use the word believers to people who do believe the word of Christ and know the Lord. So Paul says we are to. Stand, you know, to put on the full armor of God. And we have not yet um, explored what the armor of God is, which we will at the end of the entire uh, series. Then we'll then look at the armor of God that we are supposed to put on. However, we're still looking at the areas, uh, the ways in which the devil strikes at us. And now we are, we've been talking, I've been talking about false teachers and false teachings, which unfortunately is. Um, an area that is grossly ignored in the world today. We live in a world that is so fallen, so sunken in depravity, it is so sad. It's a terrible tragedy. 
because we have churches on the increase. We go minister. Everybody is a minister of God. Everybody claims to be a man or woman of God. We've got churches everywhere, every other door, all over the place. Different denominations. You know, I don't even like denominations because, you know, there'd be nothing but confusion. But in another way, I'm kind of grateful because um, we're able to look at, you know, certain denominations and say, this is not part of it. This is not part of the Church of Christ. Suddenly, the Catholic, the Roman churches, and all those Orthodox churches, they're all lost. Uh, You know, we've got the Polish Orthodox Church, we've got the Russian Orthodox, and they're all one great big apostasy. And this is part of what I've been talking about, apostasy. You know, because um, apostasy is knowing, is, is the problem of de- de- departing from from the way and the word and the will and the ordinances of the Lord, having known it. So we've got a whole lot of people who claim to know Christ and don't. But the people of the world are so gullible. They're so gullible. There's not a lot of discernment around that anything or anyone who comes around and mesmerizes people with whatever lie or pretense is taken to be a man or woman of God. And um, unfortunately, this is um, it's not just consuming people's resources, which is the real the, the aim behind it, really, but. Um, it's, it's the souls that are lost that are my concern. I don't care how much people lose in the hands of, of rogue teachers and rogue preachers. Because I'm sorry, if, you, if you're if you not wise enough to know what to do with your own physical or financial resources, that's just too bad. But my concern really is for the people's souls, you know. And um, because you cannot. Jesus, our Lord himself said, our Lord Jesus Christ said, when he was warning about this false teachers in, in Matthew chapter 7, you know. And he gave this warning in Matthew chapter 7 from verse uh, 15 to 23. He said, at the end of it, he said, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit. And a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. So, thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. You know, that's uh, verse 19 of Matthew 7. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down, it says, and thrown in, into the fire. Thus by the fruit you should know them. Okay, that's from verse 17, actually, to 19. And he wants, so it's not possible to um, to get to the kingdom of heaven, be a part of the kingdom of heaven, or receive the gift and the grace of salvation under a false teacher. It is simply not possible. You need to be in the right place where you're hearing the truth of God and you accept the truth of God and you are nurtured daily, fed in the word of God and you are growing in the word of God. That is how you will be a fruit. And we know that the Lord has said, he made it very, very clear in chapter 15 of the, of the epistle um, of the gospel according to John, that unless you are uh, a uh, a branch of the tree and we are the branches he is the tree he is the vine unless a branch bears fruit it will be cut down it will be cut down and thrown in the fire and now to you and I what that translates is to is that unless we bear fruit unless we bear fruit according to the Holy Spirit in line with the Holy Spirit then we will end up in hell the matter is just that simple we cannot continue abiding in sin. We cannot continue in our own um, permissible will and expect to be with God eternally. There will be no further atonement for sin. 
it's been done once and for all. So unless we are submitted to the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ, we waste our time. We will not be with God eternally. It is just that simple. Eternity is endless life for those people who in this present world are submitted to the will of God. And there's not going to be any further preaching about repentance and all that once we die from this world. You know, it's not going to happen anymore. So the people, we need to demonstrate, you know, our submission to God's sovereignty and the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ right from here, now. It's not sort of when you do your own will, because I see this fully all, all the time. Uh, people live by, by, in their own permissive will all their lives. They don't know the Lord. And then at, on their deathbed, because they know they're dying, you know, if they know they've only got a little bit of time left. They're asking for a priest to uh, come to them and administer the communion or something. So that, no, 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 no. Heaven is not something. You, you do not be. If you're not part of the kingdom of God now, you will not be for eternity. The matter is that simple. It's while you have strength. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 that we should make ourselves be renewed in the attitude of our minds. That's from verse 1. We are to renew the attitude of our minds and offer ourselves as living sacrifices to God. Offer ourselves as living sacrifices. God has no use for us in uh, for, for our dead bodies. So people consecrating your dead body to God and all that and devoting it, like the Mohammedans do, praying for the dead all the time. There's no prayer for the dead in Christianity. Whilst you have life is when you can reconcile with God. And that through the Lord Jesus Christ, you cannot have God without the Son. Because you cannot, you simply cannot atone for your own sins. I cannot atone for my sins But I thank God for the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank God for his greatest gift to all mankind, which is his son, his only begotten son. So we are to offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter uh, chapter 12, there verse 1, that this is our spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's Romans 12, 1-2. But the problem we have today with all those deceivers who call themselves ministers of God is that they are not preaching that. They are actually getting you, seducing you to be part of the world. They are telling you to embrace the world and because you're a child of God, you should live the kingdom life. And what they call the kingdom life actually is very worldly life. The kingdom life actually is a holy life. You want to live as part of the kingdom of God, we are part of the kingdom of God, we we separate ourselves from the world. We absolutely separate ourselves from the world. I'm not saying walk out of the world, you can't. You'll have to leave the world like Paul said. You know, we have to mingle people of the world, but we have got to be separated unto the Lord Jesus Christ. We're a totally new creation. We're different. We do not do things as the world does. We don't think as the world does. We don't speak as the world does. But we have all these teachings now that encourage every kind of lust. This is for you. Claim this. Claim that. 
Poverty is a curse. Poverty is a sin. Why should they be poor? You're supposed to have everything. And you know the amazing thing, the irony of this is, I mean, there's people who preach those things. Yes, indeed. I mean, they make themselves examples to you. They tell you, oh, look at me. I've got all these things and people are jealous of me. It's because of my obedience. I sold. There was a time I had no food and nothing. And I only had this $1,000 left. And I heard a man of God preach. And so I sold that $1,000. And look at me today. It's all lies. The Bible says they come to you with lies they have made up. And it is true. They tell you all these lies. They come up with all sorts of pathetic stories about their past. How they were abused and deprived in their youth. In the, when they were young and when all that. How they suffered. And now look what God has done because they sowed their seed of faith. It is a lie. You believe all these lies. And so you sow all your resources in their hands. In the hope of getting a lot more. Look, if you truly love the Lord, you will come to understand that materialism is not part of the will of God. God provides food to the hungry. He gives us all that we need. He has blessed the earth with all resources that you and I enjoy. But we are told to beware. Jesus said, Watch out for every kind of greed, for a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. That's Luke chapter 12, when he was speaking, when he told the parable, oh no, when he was speaking uh, to the man who said, oh teacher, tell my brother to share the inheritance with me. And what Jesus was saying to him is, what's the inheritance? What is, you know, what does it matter? The inheritance is not going to speak for for you eternally. The inheritance that you want in, because he said, Lord, he said, man, who'd made, who made me an arbitrator, be, an arbitrator between you? That's not, that was not Jesus' concern. What we possess and own in the world, God gives to us according to his will. That you continue to sow into false ministries and all the lies, they're not going to. That's not going to make, that's not going to make you any richer. If it is not God's will that you ever buy or own a property in this world, you won't. You can sow all the seeds you like. But you should know. We see it around us. It is these liars who get richer by the day. It is shocking the kind of lifestyles they have. These fools go around with bodyguards, with guns and things. Who And they call themselves men of God, women of God. And, and, and people just love it. They love it because they love the deception they are hearing. Look, the kingdom of God is about righteousness, peace and joy. In the Holy Spirit. And although you may think, okay, this life is mundane, it is not by any means mundane. The Christian life is a beautiful life. But when your every sense of greed in you is being encouraged and you love it because you love what your ears are hearing. Do you know, the Bible speaks about this. We are told that the time will come when men will no longer put up with sound doctrine, but rather... To uh, to please themselves, they will gather for themselves a whole load of teachers to tell them what their itching ears want to hear. Is that what you're listening to? Because you know what? Churches that preach and ministers that preach the truth of God, people like me, we're not very popular. We're not liked, you know, but that's okay. We know we do a thankless job, but that's fine. We don't want any thanks from any man anyway. Because we know we are working out our salvation in fear and trembling. And our only concern is for God. Jude was going to write an encouraging letter to the people about the salvation we all share. 
But you saw another more urgent need. And if it was urgent in that day, I can't even qualify today. Because urgent is, is an understatement. People are just shutting their eyes and following blindly. And like I said, you know, the concern of losing money and losing financial resources into the hands of rogue preachers is not my problem. It is the souls that are lost. Our Lord Jesus Christ paid too much a price for the souls of men who are being now ensnared for the devil because of greed. There was a time I used to just blame the false teachers. But now I blame the people who listen also. It's not just, I cannot just lay the blame at the feet of false teachers. Because if people don't listen, if people don't respond to them, if people are not driven by their sense of greed and lust, they will not fall victim. Why have I never fallen victim into the hands of false teachers? Because I am not interested in all the fantastic things they are promising me. People treat them as gods. They say it, that's fine now. Yet, there's no manifestation of everything they're saying. But it's amazing, isn't it? How people are mesmerized by all, the, all their lies. You keep going. You keep going for more and more of the lies and deception. And they're telling you, don't worry about it. Your miracle is imminent. Your financial breakthrough is imminent. That's not why Jesus went to the cross. So that you can have a lot of money and big fat bank account. And you can buy a Cadillac and, and own mansions. I'm sorry, that's not why the Lord of life went to the cross to take your sins and my sins upon himself. There were very wealthy people in the world before the Lord came. So Jude, in examining the epistle of Jude, dear friends, from verse 3, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. For certain men, <clears throat> whose condemnation was written about long ago, have secretly slipped in among you. They are godless men, who change the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ our only sovereign and Lord. This is what I was talking about the, la- the last time. They change the, the, the grace of God into licentious living, into lasciviousness. They come to you and proclaim and shout about Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ. And they talk about uh, the Lord of life, our God, as though he were their messenger. Tell God this, tell God that, command God to do this, order God to do that. Who are you to order God to do a thing? We live under grace. That does not make us supreme to God. It only means that God in his mercy will not give us what we deserve, which is punishment and hell. That's the grace. That when we come and we submitted to the Lordship, we proclaim Jesus as Lord and we submit to his authority, we will be forgiven. That is grace. It is not coming there, offing and puffing around, stretching about like a, like an Austri- like a peacock in all our pride and, and claiming it and declaring it and naming it and proclaiming it. Who are we? We are just wretched sinners who have been forgiven. Who have received grace? Jude felt, inspired by the Holy Spirit, he knew there was a more urgent need. Because he said, certain men whose condemnation was written about. By the way, that doesn't just mean men as in males. Because today we've got women who are just as disgusting. Rogue preachers. We've got them as females too. So that doesn't really matter. Now, he said, 
They have crept in. They have slipped in among you. They are in the church, not outside. He was writing this to the church. So he said, they are in the church. They have slipped in among you. So it's a question of, what is he saying? They have slipped in among you. They are there. And unfortunately, people are mesmerized by all the foolishness. Why do people keep going back for more? There are two reasons. One, God has given men over. People, if you hate the truth of God, the Bible says in Second Thessalonians there, uh, from verse 5 to 12, if you read it, that God has given men. The judgment of God is already upon the earth. He has given men over to their depravity. He has given them over to believe the lies, the Bible says, because they're not interested in truth. Then secondly, there is the power of suggestion and hypnotism. Oh yeah, that's why people keep going back. You see all those fake healings, you see? They only last that moment when the euphoria is happening. All the noise, all the music they play, all the noises they make, everything they do in the place where these people choose to perform all their miraculous healings and things is always in a controlled environment where they are in charge. Why do? Why wouldn't any of them, the Benihins of this world, the Maurice Cherulos, those fools who call themselves prophets, why would they not just walk into a hospital ward and heal all the children? Okay, maybe you don't want to heal the adults because you think, oh, adults are full of sin anyway. Fair enough. What about all the children's hospices? I don't want to, I hate seeing children sick. There they are on life support machines. There they are being fed by tube. There they are waiting for transplants for their hearts or their kidneys or something. And there's babies, children. They've not, they've they've made no sense there. You know, they're there. Why don't these idiots go there and do their healings? Oh no, it's got to be in a controlled environment where they have organized everything. That's why Peter Popoff was exposed in the 80s. Where they have you, when you go to these places, you fill in cards before you go in and tell you what your prayer point is and all that. You put your name and address on and all that. And then these rogues come out and say they're prophesying and they ask for somebody by a certain name. They try and, you know, mess up your name a little bit. And then they and then they hit the actual name and you say, ooh, that's me. He called me, he called me. And you go out there jumping and shouting and people go there and they tell them all these things. Oh, you've got this problem. Oh, the Lord, Lord Jesus heals you. Fools. And people are so gullible. People are so gullible. All the noise there, the music there, everything is channeled towards hypnotizing and mesmerizing you. You lose every control of your senses. The Bible says to us, we are to be sober and alert. We are to be of clear mind. So we know the Holy Spirit does not throw us into confusion where we don't know what we're doing or thinking. When you are led by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit keeps you focused and channeled, keeps you in the will of God. But people lose all their sense. They're jumping up and down. They take a walking stick off of you, jumping up and down. That's as far as it lasts. There's been so many investigations into all these stupid healings we see on television. None of them has come out perfect yet or right. The people always, the the euphoria lasts only while they're in that gathering. As soon as the whole thing is over, they're back on their crutches, leaving the arena. So what is going on? But people love it. When Peter wrote, in Second Peter, Peter said, they are coming, these false teachers are coming. But Jude said, they have already slipped in among you. They are in the church, not outside. All these epistles were written to believers, not unbelievers. 
not unbelievers. They were written to us, that we should be aware. And if it was urgent then that Jude had to abandon what he was writing, it's even more urgent today. And he said, though you already know all this, I want to remind you that the Lord delivered these people out of Egypt, but, the, but later destroyed those who did not believe. That you were in church is not an automatic thing, you know, that's an automatic en- entry into, in, into eternal life. No, it's not. You've got to know what you're doing. Paul, you know, Jude, we, we're going to go further into what Jude is saying here. And uh, from vice, verse 5 onwards, he said, Although you already know this, I want to remind you that the Lord delivered his people out of Egypt, but later destroyed those who did not believe. Apostates. There's a lot of apostasy going on. And you will be an apostate yourself if you know the word of God, you hear the word of truth, but you'd rather believe the word of some crazy person with some long titles and all kinds of lectures behind his name who tells you they're a man or woman of God. And they're telling you things that are contrary to the word. But you like the things they're saying because the word of God is strict. Yes, it is strict. Sorry, it is strict. It's not, Christianity is not for the faint-hearted. You are not ready to live a life of submission to the Lord. You cannot be a Christian. You can't. You chasing after your own selfish desires and things. You cannot be a Christian. You love this world and all it's got to offer and everything you lay your eyes on. That's the lust of the eyes. And you think you deserve and you need to have all these things. That's the lust of the flesh. You cannot be a Christian. Christianity is not for the faint-hearted. You have to be devoted. You need to be devoted. Jesus said, if if you you love your wife, your husband, your father, your mother, your children, anybody, even your very life, more than him, you are not worthy to be his disciple. Now you are called to discipleship. Every believer must be a disciple. It's not negotiable. So, what kind of Christian are you? What teachings are you believing? Are you believing the wholesome, the whole word of God? Or do you like the teachings you hear that encourage your sense of greed and lust? We continue in the epistle of Jude. Um, 